Welcome to Lotus Village Voices, the official podcast of Lotus House Women's Shelter in Miami, Florida, the largest of its kind in the country. My name is Jackie Roth, and I'm your host. On this show, we explore trauma-informed, innovative solutions that truly break the cycle of homelessness while amplifying the voices of the women, youth, and children we serve. Since we're recording in March during Women's History Month, we thought it would be apt to highlight a new initiative that's been in the works for quite some time. We're so pleased to announce that we've launched the National Women's Shelter Network, a way to connect all the women's shelters in the country in order to facilitate more resource sharing, identify gaps and needs, and build a larger platform for national advocacy. For many years, it's been part of the Lotus House mission not only to provide trauma-informed, innovative services to the people who need it most in our Miami community, but also to share what has worked for us, create a roadmap for other communities who may want to replicate our successes, and establish a network that allows greater communication and skill sharing so we can lift women up everywhere. Joining us today to talk about the National Women's Shelter Network is Lotus House founder and executive director Constance Collins and director of the National Women's Shelter Network, Gretel Jimenez-Singer. Constance was the guest on her very first podcast episode, which you should definitely check out if you haven't already. Gretel is coincidentally also the producer of this podcast, so we're super excited to have her on the mic and in front of the camera today. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. We have some special guests today, one returning, one new. Uh, I'll go ahead and let y'all introduce yourselves first. Uh, I'm Constance Collins, the executive director of the National Women's Shelter Network and the Lotus House Women's Shelter. And I'm Gretel Jimenez-Singer, and I'm the director of the National Women's Shelter Network. Awesome. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what the National Women's Shelter Network is and what the motivation was with starting it. It has been a dream for more than a decade that we might connect with other women's shelters and women's programs across the country. So often shelters like ourselves are in silos and we have limited resources we are reinventing the wheel often because we don't have a, a solid network for information exchange. Uh, and uh, women's shelters generally have not received the kind of support at the national level that can really make a difference uh, for all of us and for the women and children we serve. I think that's because in many shelters like ourselves have been so focused on just getting meals on the table that the kind of organizational capacity building, the sharing of evidence-based best practices, the innovation that our community has supported um, has not been possible on a national level. And uh, our aim in forming the National Women's Shelter Network was really to create a platform, a platform for for information sharing, for showcasing best practices across the country, uh, for research, service-driven research and innovation, and to raise awareness on the national level of the enormous needs of women and children across the country experiencing homelessness with the goal and intent, frankly, of uh, driving resources to address those needs. In the end, it's really about advancing the status of women and children nationally uh, and 
doing so through our collective voice and efforts. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about the scope that you have for what kinds of shelters you're looking for for the network and the process that goes into recruiting all these different shelters. So about a year and a half, we started putting together a database, scoring the country, uh, looking for shelters that were serving women and women with children. And we collected about 1,200 shelters, maybe more. And out of that number, we figured that there were about 300, 350 shelters that were very specific serving women and women with children. So these are the ones that we are connecting with first. The network is not limited to women with children. We're also focusing on shelters that serve women only. And in particular as well, not just residential shelters, but day shelters. Our goal is to cover the entire continuum of care that exists, uh, both in urban centers and in rural environments to really make sure that we have scoured the country to identify all those programs and to link us all together. I think that we benefit from all the different voices. And as we have been touring and visiting shelters around the country, we see shelters at, at every step of the continuum. Lotus House came from very humble beginnings. When we first opened, it was one building with 34 women. And we were shopping at the grocery store. Today, we're the largest women's shelter in the country. And we have a gorgeous, enormous, professional culinary center. What we have seen is that the shelters along the way have been at the same, if you will, uh, trajectory of growth that we had at just at different points. And uh, uh, it's in that realization that we that we know pulling together our collective resources creates an opportunity for building the organizational capacity of shelters at every step of this continuum. Yeah, I love how you use the word continuum because of course not every shelter is at the same stage that we are or looks the same way that we do. We all have different characteristics and the whole goal is to help the other shelters move along that continuum so that we can all pull each other up. Um, and it was, you did mention, I was gonna ask that next, that we are the largest shelter in the country and it was actually through this process of identifying other shelters that we were able to figure that out definitively. Yeah. If you wanna talk about that a little bit, cause I know that's been a long process too. We kind of had that hunch for a while, but we weren't totally sure. Well, we suspected. And also there, there was no database, there was <laughs> right. no directory that tells which is you know the number so it's our own research has led us to to this realization and it it appears that we are um the largest but we continue to be surprised as we go on tour and discover you know a lot of the shelters the the websites are not super updated or we learn the different programs and the way they do the count sometimes they have different buildings and they don't count all those um 
you know, all the different women that they serve together. So we're still learning as we go. But right now, we are the largest uh, shelter in the country. Yeah, I think one of the reasons we didn't know is precisely the reason why the National Women's Shelter Network needs to exist, because there wasn't a comprehensive, accurate database of women's shelters and resources for women on a national level. This is one of the goals of the National Women's Shelter Network, to create that directory. Uh, and a subset of the larger directory will be the network itself. But I think, uh, as a practical matter, if it was as difficult as it has been for us to understand what resources are available to women in shelters uh, across the country, or if shelters even exist and where they exist, then it, it tells us it's all, in, all the more important that we develop the directory and the network for the sake of women and children everywhere. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, what you just said underscores how much of a Herculean effort this has been. And you mentioned too that, you know, all these different shelters are kind of siloed and like that's so much of the nature of women's shelters is that we need to respect people's privacy and confidentiality while they're in this period of healing. And that fact alone has made it so difficult for them to connect with each other or to be available on some kind of directory or database. So I really just want to emphasize again how much, how much of a huge undertaking this has been and how it's a really exciting development for us. Did you know that you can now add ratings to your favorite shows on Spotify? We want to hear what you think. Rating and reviewing our show helps us reach a wider audience and build a broader coalition to end family homelessness. To do so on your smartphone, pull up the show on Spotify where you'll see a bubble with a star rating below the show title. Tap this bubble and add your own rating. On Apple Podcasts, head to the show page from your smartphone, scroll to the bottom past the episode feed to the ratings and reviews section, and add your own. Follow, rate, and review Lotus Village Voices now wherever you like to listen. So the most recent development in this was that you guys actually did a road trip to go meet with all of these, uh, a few of these shelters in person um, to kind of start forging those connections and building the network together. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about this most recent first leg of the road trip, um, all of the stops you went on, some of what you saw, just your first takeaways. Well, it has been an incredible <laughs> road trip. Uh, well, first we started, we left here in Miami and we went to Mobile, Alabama, and uh, and then we continued. Uh, we went to another shelter in Alabama, and just the difference between one shelter and the other, the prototype and the different services and the different programs, was very unique of each shelter. We went to Atlanta. We went to uh, Nashville. We went to Michigan and Washington D.C. and then to see some too that we have seen along the way, it's very clear to us uh, how needed this initiative is. Many shelters have lack of resources, lack of um, information. Even as we're building the network, I'm already starting to get emails about all kinds of questions that people need as they're building the, the, their shelter, as they're building their programs. And that's exactly what we want to see. Uh, 
collaboration of all the shelters, being able to share everything that we've learned along the way. For us, it was a tremendous experience meeting with the different executive directors of the shelter and the directors and touring the premises and learning about the different initiative that everybody has. You know, we have such an incredible shelter. Uh, it feels like at the Lotus House, we have thought of everything. But it's interesting to see how other people are also thinking of different initiatives that work for them. So that has been incredible lessons for us. And as we are building uh, and connecting with all these shelters, see how uh, this network can really benefit, can really grow into one big coalition of shelters mm -hmm. across the nation. For me, personally, the road trip was heartwarming and heart-wrenching all at once. To see shelters like ourselves struggling so hard to meet the needs of women and children in their location, wherever they were in the country, the lack of resources available to them, the capital needs each had in facilities that were in some cases falling apart, overcrowded, a lack of programming, not because they didn't want it, but because they don't have the staffing. And uh, even in many cases, the limited food that they had to offer. Everyone was so resourceful. I think that's something that women's shelters all have in common. We're all making the dollar go as far as possible. And uh, one of the ways we do that here is we have many volunteers that assist. Not every shelter has that opportunity or has learned how to utilize volunteers in the way that Lotus House has. Not every shelter has enjoyed the support of its community in the way that we have. Many still need to build basic aspects of their organization's policies and procedures and the kinds of things that might qualify them for funding on a, a, a national level. I would say that I came away with two very clear learnings. One is just the enormous need on a national level in this country to find, to find the resources for women and children who are amongst the most vulnerable in all of our communities. And secondly, the ways in which developing a national network will allow our collective voice to rise uh, and hopefully garner the attention of both local, state, and federal government officials, as well as philanthropic initiatives that want to have an impact on the national level that are focused on the needs of women and children. That's what I took from this road trip, and we have so much more to do. I think we traveled 5,000 miles and we yeah. saw 12 shelters 
largely we were focused on the southeast region yeah. as well as the nine midwest cities. we visited nine cities now we're headed towards new england and more of the yeah, east we coast do, um, we will visit connecticut rhode island massachusetts and then another leg of the trip the following week we will go to new jersey pennsylvania um delaware maryland so yeah we are and then we're thinking uh over the summer then we'll head to the west coast okay and the southwest, and the southwest. Okay. yeah so you're mapping out to cover most of the, the united states by the end of 2022 to, yeah by, by the end of 2022 to have completed the country Wow. Yes. So, so our one of our goals is that by the spring of next year, this time next year, again for Women's Month, yes. <laughs> uh, to host here in Miami the first ever uh, annual conference of the National Women's Shelter Network. And uh, we're already brainstorming and thinking Planning of ideas and, and workshops. Uh, that will really feature the innovation going on across the country, uh, the challenges that we all face, and bring us together collectively for solutions. So exciting. I remember talking about this a year ago, and we're already a year closer, already part of the road trip is done, much of it in progress. Okay, so that's for the next year. So what about, what is the roadmap for the next five to 10 years, what is the, you've touched on it a bit, but what is the larger vision? Our goal is to continue to develop and strengthen the National Women's Shelter Network to bring as many women shelters into the fold as possible to make sure their voices are heard, that we understand their needs. We aim to produce a gaps and needs report on a regular basis that really highlights those needs and the kinds of resources that it takes to address. Uh, and uh, I think to continue to grow the collective voice for important public policy issues that are critical to women, such as extended childcare, high quality childcare, uh, 24 seven in some cases to ensure that women who are working and who don't have the benefit of a nine to five job can still achieve financial self-sufficiency and be comfortable that their children are cared for. Uh, other kinds of policies relate to the importance of affordable housing for extremely low income individuals, permanent supportive housing. Uh, there are a full range of policy issues that can prevent and end homelessness. And so the National Women's Shelter Network, with a view towards advancing uh, the status of women and children, will be focused on these policy issues and proposing uh, solutions for adoption at the federal, state, and local level, as well as driving resources to the network and the shelters and women and children we serve. Amazing, it's so excited, so exciting to see it all coming together. Um, anything else you guys want to add? We'll see you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're invited to the first annual conference yeah, of the National Women's Shelter yeah. Network. <laughs>
thanks so much to Constance and Gretel for taking the time out of their crazy schedules of nationwide meetings and road trips to sit down with us. We hope you found some insight and inspiration in their words. You can follow the National Women's Shelter Network on Instagram at nwsn underscore org to see all the recent stops on their current stretch of road travel. You can also check out the website at www.nationalwomenshelternetwork.org. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at Lotus House Shelter, as we'll be highlighting some of their moves as well. In addition to this podcast episode, we celebrated Women's History Month with another in-house event. Our seven-week sewing workshop series, hosted by local sustainable swimwear brand Chromat, culminated in a fashion show with garments provided by the brand, alongside performances by the kids in which they dressed up as historic women and read their biographies. We also converted our art lab into a gallery space with truly beautiful works by current guests and alumni. Again, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Lotus House Shelter so you can check out all the amazing pictures from the show. In general, following us on Instagram is really the best way to stay up to date on all our daily happenings and most exciting news. Another reminder to rate and review our show wherever you're listening when you get the chance. This is a huge help for us and brings a lot of potential exposure to our work. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or family member. As always, you can find all the links to volunteering, donating, or sponsoring some of our most urgent needs at the shelter in the show notes below. Thanks so much for joining us. We're so grateful for your time and attention. Stay tuned and we'll catch you next time. 